You are Locked On Browns, your daily podcast covering the Cleveland Browns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Uh, Good evening, everybody. Um, I guess, Pete, now this would be, what, two weeks from now? I'd say it's done. It's over, the 2019 NFL Draft. Uh, Pete will be busy checking police blotters of people the Browns assigned as UDFAs. Which is yeah, probably, pretty much. Which is probably a safe bet. Pete, how are you, sir? Oh, I'm doing all right. Yeah, so we're going to get into your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound um, here on Locked On Browns. Just remember, obviously, you know your smart device, play podcast, Locked On Browns, and have the latest episode of the show brought up. And while you're doing things of that nature and you are listening on your phone, go to iTunes, rating reviews, drop a five-star. Be great, guys. Please. Thank you. Appreciate that. Uh, Pete, I, I guess we've, you know, this is the believe nothing, believe everything, uh, lying season, however you want to label it. Uh, everybody's dropping like a stone, or everybody all of a sudden now has become the best prospect at their position in history. Uh, I mean, not really too much, I mean, nothing really left to be done except for maybe, you know, one scout saying, look, just let me get five minutes, man. Let me just get five minutes to stand up for my guy. Right, I mean... You are it, honestly for me. It's not really what's going on. Um, I suppose in the NFL world, it's basically you know I've got whatever information I'm probably going to get at this point, and it's basically sorting it out. Uh, the rest of this, they can do whatever they want. I mean, we're this is where we were at uh, when you know it became Sam Darnold's going to be the guy, and they drafted Baker Mayfield. So yeah, it's hard to say what you're going to get out of anything said at this point. Um, but this is why I feel like you know they can move the draft up. Like this, like if the draft was yesterday or Thursday, uh, through the past three days, would anyone be unhappy about that? I doubt it. Um, no, I agree. But I think you know the way it works. So when every sport kind of likes to let everybody have their stage, so you know obviously you know with college basketball in the tournament, you know it's you know obviously three weeks starting on Thursday and Friday, except for the, obviously the last weekend where it's, you know, obviously become Saturday and Monday, which technically you probably could do the Final Four on the same day because by the time seventh round is pretty much going to sleep, you'd be firing up, you know, game one of the the doubleheader. So, I mean, I guess conceivably you could do it. Um, I know, <laughs> obviously, the way the league works and how they make a dime off of everything, Pete. We know that's not going to happen. <laughs> no, uh, and obviously that's that's why the NFL draft went to prime time and is three days instead of you know the glorious two days it used to be and uh, where it was just an all day affair. And hell, I remember Monday mornings as a kid. Yeah, so I mean, yeah, every, everything's about monetizing and making sure that the NFL or whatever sport is as relevant as possible as often as possible around the year. So I get it. It's just, uh, you know, we're at that point now where it's, you, you, you know, it, it's not, I won't say it's like that. Usually it's that last week where you're like, just get here and let's do this already. Uh, but it is sort of like, I'd really like to know, you know, what the Browns are going to end up with so we can start talking about them. Cause we've, you know, talked extensively about what could happen or, uh, at, at least at the early picks. Now, granted that that's a little different when it's not the first round, the second round. Although, you know, those second round picks in this case, uh, 49, there feels like there's going to be first round, t- first round talent available. So, you know, that will be fun. Hopefully they don't screw it up. We'll hope on that, obviously. Um, yeah, but I mean, it's, you know, it, that pick at 49, I mean, I, you look, as you know, 
as much as been done here to overhaul this roster, there's still some pretty big holes. Uh, you know, linebacker, obviously, which you discussed. Um, you have a safety combination, um, but you know, I don't know if you truly said it. You know, second safety after Demarius Randall, which Pete has mentioned. You know, where Demarius Randall, be, yeah. where he never comes off the field. Um, the other guys, you could easily make a case for them coming off the field. Um, so you know. You know, you'd, maybe you'd like to improve the offensive line. Uh, who was it today put out? What was it? It was uh, Caleb McGarry and your boy from Boston College, Zach Allen. Somebody floated that out today. Uh, who, uh, who I the source caught it. I caught uh, what Doug Pound Daily put out, but it was in response to an NFL, I think it was NFL.com or NFL Network, um, that was talking about Zach Allen and Caleb McGarry. And, and my point has been and continues to be. I, you know, Caleb McGarry is a very nice prospect, but I don't see the point of drafting an offensive tackle that you're not intending to play for a year uh, that's already 24 years old. There are really talented um, prospects that might not be as um, day one ready, but the Browns don't need a day one ready guy in, you know, Sharping and Titus Howard and Ole Udo and those type of guys, Tyler Raymer. Um, so, I, you know, I don't know how much that's based on, and it's not to say that the Browns couldn't do it. It just would be an odd choice. Meanwhile, Zach Allen, I would that would be great. I would love that pick for the Browns. I think he's a fantastic football player. Would look great at a three technique defensive tackle here. I think you've mentioned that about one or a couple hundred times. So yeah, Zach Allen definitely high on the uh, the Pete Smith. Uh on the Pete Smith board. Um, unless they just view, and maybe if they're viewing it this way, and they're looking at it and they're saying, look, if Caleb McGarry is there at 49, Chris Hubbard's out the door because we value Caleb McGarry that high. Could it be? Uh, I, I don't know. Uh, I'd, you know. I'd rather gamble a little younger somewhere. Yeah, well, the, the other problem is the guaranteed money that it would cost to get rid of Chris Hubbard. And, and to me, there's no sense in getting rid of Chris Hubbard unless it would be through trade. Um, there's just not enough offensive linemen oh, sure. in the league, so it'd be silly to cut one that, you know, even if you don't love what he brings to the table, certainly there are teams that are much worse off, Houston, um, that it could use an offensive tackle of his caliber. Um, yeah, I, look, very little would surprise me, but I, I, you know, I didn't love the Sean Coleman pick at the time because he was so much older, um, and he wasn't day one ready, uh, so. Uh, it just doesn't make a ton of sense to me. But, you know, we'll see what happens. And he was not just fine at left tackle, Pete. Not at all. Didn't work out. Not just no. fine at left tackle. Um, so, guys, you know, I, I sometimes look, anybody, even if the source is someone good or someone bound for Canton, it doesn't mean that they're, you know, trying to cut still tow the company line or some things in that respect um we got some listener questions so we'll dig into that bag of tricks here um let's see here there were some good ones guys if you didn't catch uh yesterday obviously we went deep on the whole uh you know youth sports and you know concussions and all that good stuff and of course now the phone's gonna act up and be a little wonky which is fantastic look at that fan there we go there we go there we go there we go and apparently somebody looked at, at their phone in an NBA playoff today, guys. So, uh, yeah, I, 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 you know, the horror in that, I have no idea. Whatever. If the guy's kid was sick, his kid was sick, just let us stick and be. Uh, if, if that's bad, you can only imagine what's going on in uh, in, in baseball. Sure. Uh, uh, you know, what was it, Carlos Santana uh, smashing a TV because dudes were playing Fortnite during the game or whatever? Yes, well, I mean, eh, I 
that can get annoying. Fortnite is annoying. Sorry to anybody who plays, but I do believe Fortnite's just a tad bit annoying. Uh, da, 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 of course, come on now. Yeah, so this is going to come up. Seriously, is this really going to happen right now? Alright, well, I know, Pete, Some one question was based on UDFAs, so let's start there. Oh, there's a ton of offensive tackles in that bag. In fact, like half of mine I don't expect to be drafted. Um, whether it's like Justin School, uh, if that's how you pronounce it, from Vanderbilt. Uh, Jackson Barton theoretically could go undrafted. I would snatch him up in a heartbeat. Um, Yasuo Nijman, borderline for Virginia Tech. Obviously, he's a freaky athlete, but not entirely sure he knows what he's doing. Um, if you're looking at skill positions... Alameda's Zacchaeus, I don't know if he's going to be drafted. I don't know if Poppy White's going to be drafted. Those guys are both draftable players to me, so I would snatch them up. Um, your boy Reggie White Jr. from Monmouth could be undrafted. Um, you know, obviously a small school guy, but a ton of production and an athletic upside that makes him interesting. Got to the party. Uh, he, got to the, he got to the party too late. Ashton Dullen from Malone, I don't know what you know how, how people sort of feel about him. Greg Dortch, um, you know, I think he's a very good player, but I don't get the sense that, you know, he's going to go early. He may, may or may not get drafted. Uh, Neil O'Connor from New Hampshire, if you want a slot receiver. A.J. Ouellette from Ohio University as a running back could potentially be in that mix, so I think he's a really nice player. Um, defensive line, I don't think anybody's likely to go on draft. Well, if you want to know, Dante Hibbert from Abilene Christian is probably not going to get drafted. Um, if you want to know his tackle, linebacker is the one where I think there could be a treasure trove, as there usually is every year. Um, that that That's going to be interesting to see how that works out. Like if an EJ Speed goes undrafted or Jordan Jones from Kentucky, who I don't expect to get drafted, or Drew Lewis from Colorado. Athletic will type uh, Cole Holcomb from North Carolina. I don't know where he's going to go. He may not get drafted. Very athletic. I don't know if he knows what he's doing on a field. Um, corners. Ken Webster from Ole Miss is kind of interesting. I don't know if he'll be drafted. Um, Tay Hayes from Appalachian State has an interesting profile. He's not bad. Um, safeties. Monty Fenner from Towson. Uh, could be an undrafted guy. Jack Gervais from Iowa could be an undrafted guy. And then, you know, the the guy that may get drafted purely by the Browns because they're the only one I, I've ever heard associated with him. And I didn't know who he existed until they it was brought up that they were having him in was JT Hassel from Florida Tech. Florida Tech. Beyond that, I mean, there's always surprises as guys who go undrafted where you're sitting there going, how the hell did that guy go undrafted, whether it's medical, whether it's character, whether it's, you know, some other weird issue or just they plan old didn't like him. Uh, I, that's hard to know, and it's always, you know, that's why it's a surprise is you see guys and you're like, how the hell did this happen? And those are you. And those are usually the guys when you're watching, whether it's, you know, NFL Network or it's ESPN, and it's, you know, they're the guys who've been, you know, one of the top, two or three players on the board now for, you know, a round and a half, and we're in the 250s of round seven. At that point, just don't get drafted. <laughs> just don't. <laughs> Have your agent find you the best home. Um, remember, guys, to get the show every day, subscribe to the Lock- subscribe to Locked on Browns on the new Himalaya podcast app. In an ever-expanding podcast world, you need Himalaya with their personally curated playlists and their new features every day. Download Himalaya at your app store and make sure you're subscribed to Locked on Browns. I'll, call it, I'll throw a couple into the fray here, Pete, before we get back to the other ones. 
in your opinion, um, you know, of the big names, biggest surprise to not get called in round one? Biggest surprise. Um, I will say, well, I mean, Justin Lane would be a, would be stunning, although great. No, the guy, the guy I'm curious to see, by virtue of the fact that, you know, a bunch of defensive linemen are going to go, and theoretically, you know, offensive linemen may fly off the board at the end, uh, and, and that means guard centers and tackles um, could all start flying off the board. The guy that I'm curious to see uh, that could that may surprise if he slips out would be Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. I think he, Juan Thornhill, Justin Land, those are all first-round caliber players. You can make an argument for John, uh, Jonathan Abram as well, but just by virtue of how many safeties are in this class, that, that may wait. And it's not entirely clear, you know, who's who's likely to make that jump to grab a guy. Now, having said that, you know, th- those are also the type of guys that, that might be, you know, a big, a big surprise that gets plucked. For example, like the Ravens take Chauncey Gardner-Johnson to really soup up that defensive backfield and, and give have him be a, a slot player with everybody else they've sort of added. Um, but, yeah, the, the, that safety group is one I'm curious at. Like, again, none of them deserve, warrant being around on day two, certainly not going to 49. And yet we're talking about them as, as that's almost a guarantee, um, that which is a little bit dangerous. But that's what's sort of jumping out to me right now. Yeah, the defensive backs will be interesting, and look, our guy Justin Lane, uh, look, if we view him as CB1, doesn't seem, it seems like maybe half of big draft media has come around the other, and you're starting to get more and more mocks from the bigger names, and he does not seem to be in there where, you know, you're taking guy, you know, you see Greedy Williams, and those names still going high, and Greedy Williams, you know, it's weird, you know, the thing where he hasn't really even had an official visit with anyone, Um, I don't know how you take that. Could be okay. It could be bad. Where somebody said, "Look, you know, you know, we, we've obviously you know combined everything. You know, maybe some people have done enough homework on him that have all right, 23, 24. If that's where we're drafting, you're there. You're our guy. So we'll see. So if we, we did that one, Pete, obviously we got to do the Yang part to it. The biggest surprise name to go in round one, besides uh, Daniel, besides Daniel Jones. <laughs> well, yeah. Uh... <laughs> I'm not sure it's not going to be Caleb McGeary, and and we did this, and, and he was, you know, I had him as a draft pick. I just think the NFL is that desperate for offensive tackles that you know he may be a guy that goes late, like a team like Philadelphia could use another tackle. Uh, one of those guys, Houston. Houston obviously can use you know twenty tackles. Um, yeah, I, I think it's you know all these people are talking about how there's going to you know potentially be a late round run. Uh, on offensive linemen, I totally get it, um, just by virtue of how rare the position is. But, yeah, so Caleb McGarry, uh, I think for teams that are ready to have him plug and play as a right tackle, um, yeah, he could be in that mix. Well, but the, also I think the thing with it, though, is, is I mean, if you're going to get the guy for five years, and look, and it's great if you're drafted in three or four and it's we've got our franchise left tackle for 10 to 12 years. But you draft a guy at 26, 27, 28 and say, all right, well, whatever. He'll be 29 by the time he's done with us. It'll be five years that he played for us. Um, We got him as a plug-and-play right tackle from jump. Who cares? I mean, he he solved an issue. Obviously, he's not going to have a career as long as, you know, but maybe some other guys come out. could be 21, whatever. But, I mean, it's – I don't know. You know, 
I, I think if you're getting to that point, look, if the guy's grade is high enough, 24 shouldn't kill it if you think he's coming right into being, you know, starting right tackle. Because what if he was 23 last year and you drafted him to city year, but now you're going to start him this year at 24. So, you know, if you think the guy's good enough, and obviously, you know, if you're drafting in the high 20s, you aren't loaded or you shouldn't be loaded with needs. So, you know, take the guy that fills one, the biggest need you have and go get that done. And we'll go back to this one. Um, I know the New York Jets have a ton of interest, and it's because Ja'Kai Polite, the one issue he does not have off the field is putting his hands on people, or as, as far as we know now, which is, uh, that is a big no-no with the New York Jets because uh, Mike McCagnan's wife is, is a huge um, contributor to, you know, obviously that cause. And so that's not big with them, but Ja'Kai Polite... What round do you think, Pete? I my guess is round three. I'm basing it on Demontre Moore. Um, exact same deal. Uh, I think somebody will grab him at that point. I heard Dane Brugler saying late round two. Um, but yeah, I, I think third round is well. There's t- there's teams that got picks to burn. Like I mean, the Patriots they got picks to burn, and you know so you know all right. Well, you know we'll take this swing and see what happens. Yeah, I mean, I look at more like teams like the Colts. Um, where it won't kill you if he doesn't work out. Well, yeah, and they're, they're hoping, you know, with where they are, lightning in a bottle would be good for them. The Bengals certainly make a lot of sense in that respect in terms of how they sort of draft, which is poorly, but they do take some big hacks um, in that regard. Uh, it would not surprise me in the least if he were to end up in Baltimore. That's a type of team that, that takes the risks on players like that. Um, blows up quite a bit, but they, yeah, I mean, they, it's a player that if it, if it's going to hit, chances are it's going to hit immediately. Um, I, you know, I don't think he's a guy who's going to, you know, come in slow and then ultimately figure it out. I think you're going to get a lot of bang for your buck initially, if at all. Um, maybe the saints, um, you know, they, they, they don't fit, have a lot of picks. They would fit into that late round too. Like Dane Brugler was saying too. Yeah, they they don't have a lot of picks, so they may try to you know take a little bit of a gamble with it. I mean, obviously, it's going to depend on every 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 team and and how they sort of view um, him and and how they how meetings with them go. But yeah, I, I think round three is about right. Yeah, I mean, because what do you figure at that point? Like you, you would term and if you're going to say round three, you'd figure is he gone by seventy five? I, I think that feels okay to say he's he's gone by seventy five. Because um, team, you know, there, there's going to be some teams that say, "Look, I don't care what he did during the draft process," and they're going to put up, you know, the 18 film and say, "This, this is fine," and whatever. And the other thing is, if I'm drafting him here, I'm, you know, maybe I'm not counting on him being a starter right away. And if he's just going to come in and, and rush the passer or, or aid in rushing the passer, that's fine. You know, get your weight to where it needs to be. Uh, you're never going to run a 40 for me. I, I'm not going to ask you to do any stinking tests because obviously we know you can't do that. But you better get out and do the one goddamn thing I'm drafting you for, and that's get the hell after the quarterback. So, you know, Jagai Polite, yeah, I, yeah, I mean, I, I'd set the over-under at, at 75. And if I had to do that, I'd, I'd say he's going to get drafted before 75. I think I, I, I feel pretty comfortable with that. Um, Matthew Darcy, um, most people don't expect the Browns to make eight draft selections. Which picks would you expect to be moved? And I, I mean, if you're going to... Well, I, I, yeah, well, I mean, this is kind of twofold because Matthew has two questions here. I, I guess you could figure a, a pick could be moved for a linebacker who may have been in Columbus, Ohio today, Pete. That could be a pick that's moved. Could. Um, I, the, Pete's the cat guy, is drunk as hell, guys, apparently. 
I the the pick, the, the pick I think is most likely to get moved is eighty. I think the if they if I had to to bet on one, I think they would try to move up from eighty. Duke um, Johnson and eighty to go north. Could be, um, but I, I just look at let's say you get Justin Lane, you know that you pull that off, and you want to go up and try to get Darnell Savage to pair with him. You get Juan Thornhill, and you want to move up to get uh, Julian Love. Like I, I, you know, if that's the situation, or your Kalen Saunders or whoever, I, I think there's just a lot of players that they could really like that they don't want to wait around until An- 80, another round, another 31 yeah. selections. I, I just. You know, I think that the more I think about it, you know, certainly they could move up from 49. There's there's certainly ways they could do that. But it just seems like in terms of cost benefit analysis and all that 49 and then the void between 49 and 80 is probably where they want to be. Now, uh, that that is interesting, whether it includes Duke Johnson or not, um, or if the Browns are ultimately going to, you know, be in a position where they basically have to make peace with it. And keep him, uh, which certainly wouldn't hurt my feelings. But uh, I think ultimately it, it, it's likely to be a draft day uh, pick. The their trade. The other thing is, uh, you know, I would not rule out at all the possibility that they move, they trade out, um, and if they can get like a, you know, let's say they trade one of those fifth round picks for uh, a twenty twenty fourth or something to to keep that 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 uh, that treasure trove of picks and options open uh could be interesting that makes sense or or if ultimately you know i i would not enjoy this as a move but i I wouldn't rule it out is if they trade duke johnson for a 2020 pick i think that would suck but um i think that's not out of the realm of possibility i i I don't think they're likely to make eight picks but i it's certainly not that they can't i you know the because of the way they're operating their roster, there are definitely ways that you know six of eight picks could theoretically make the final roster, and it's just because they're 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 just trying to maximize competition as much as they want, and they're looking for some different things like guys who can help on special teams as well as contribute, or just particular roles that it, maybe some guys don't operate like. You know, you replace a guy who hasn't done anything since he was drafted in the third round last year, and you get somebody who can help you. The other part of that is, and we've <laughs> mentioned this, is if they look at it the way I look at it and think a roster spot is worth more than a quarterback they could theoretically keep as a third quarterback. Uh, to me, that roster spot is more likely to be more valuable than what you could basically find on the street as opposed to rostering a guy. But that's another way that a guy could make the team that – May not require they may may not require you moving picks uh, ultimately. I do think they're inclined to be aggressive in terms of moving up. I, you know, I don't buy the idea that they're going to trade into the first round. I, I think that's really prohibitive. But just m- making a small move up from forty nine, but more likely up from eighty, seems the way to go. Um, you know, do do I even if they made eight selections? So I think eight guys, unless they literally just, I mean, the draft fell into their laps. No, and the last thing you want is to have a relationship with a draft choice that goes from April to August. You'd rather not go that route, obviously, you know, but last year, even last year, when they were putting together a roster after an 0-16 season, you know, a guy like Simeon Thomas never really got a shot and ended up not being part of it. So, yeah, I mean, I get you want the best maximization of these eight selections. Like Pete said, look, you could just say, you know, I don't know what, we'll take a mulligan for a pick and we'll come back in 2020 and reassess because obviously they love moving around those picks. 
Um, there still is uh, Deron Lee out there in absolute limbo, which one of those day three picks would look lovely for because he'd probably yeah. fill a need here. Oh, stop it. Just let it happen. The longer this goes on, the less I'm interested. I, Why? The longer it goes on, the lower his price tag gets. Maybe. I, I just Who are the Jets fooling? Well, that that may be, but you I, went to I, a three-four. You already have two inside linebackers. Nobody's. I mean, well, why would anybody give you anything of value? And where was and where was he for the last four weeks of last season? That on suspended. his couch. Yes. So I mean, it, just 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 eat your day three pick and, and be so, happy with it. So maybe the answer is that just Darren Lee is a jackass and nobody wants him. Well, that's possible. But he's also that's, a jackass who runs a sub four what, five. What I'm wondering about this, if that's the that's the conclusion we're drawing here, is that the reality is the Jets would love to move him, but nobody's biting because a the the Jets have no leverage, and b because Darren Lee's a jackass. Uh, I'll tell you. You want to know what? Well, I, I don't know if I, it's because I've seen John Dorsey do this before, Pete. Now, and we've actually called this several times. But he just seems like the ultimate John Dorsey move. And why is it because of it? It's not that, oh, we're going to get the kid, we're going to get him right. It's no, because he runs a sub 4 5 and he carries a coverage grade of 85. Yeah, that's, that's why it's going to happen. <laughs> that's why it would happen. So, you know, Jets, Browns, just just do me a favor. Put that one to bed before the 25th. Just make my life a little bit easier. Um, guys, you're listening to Lockdown Browns. Uh, like I said, iTunes rating reviews, always huge, always critical, and always of deep value to the show. So go ahead and make sure you drop a five-star written review over there, guys. Thank you so much. And now, obviously, you know, Matthew, this was kind of like a two-part question, Matthew. So the other one was, what's left on the street, Pete? Is there anything here? And, you know, obviously we addressed trade-wise, uh, you know, obviously through the, the last first part of his question. Is there anything left on the street that's attractive enough to try to get in here? So you can say, all right, well, I got this, and maybe that can help influence the board when we get to Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Sure. And Dominic and Sue still out there. Uh, I, I, you know, Danny Shelton is obviously a guy we've talked about extensively. I think, you know, maybe they don't want that type of clogger, and they want somebody who's a little bit more of a combo guy like uh, Tristan Hill. But if they if they do want some credibility against the run, certainly you can do that. Uh you know, there's guys like Kayvon Webster still out there. If they, you know, want another corner, I have a feeling his price tag would be too high for that. Um, in addition to the fact that it's more difficult with roster spots and stuff. Um, other than that, I mean, not off the top of my head. I mean, the, the, I guess I suppose the quick answer would be, would be if there are veteran running backs hanging out that of, of interest. T.J. Yeldon. T.J. Yeldon. If you know you're going to move Duke. Yeah, if if you're going to move on from Duke Johnson, you want to bring in a guy who's going to, you know, get a roster spot uh, that, you know, it makes it so you're not, you know, just Nick Chubb and Dontrell Hilliard, then you could he go did, that route. did catch 55 passes last year. Yeah, I'm, that's, you know, and that's like a, an issue the Jags have to replace now. Think about that. Yeah. They have to replace the, the, the passing receptions. But did you see all that stuff, dude? They, put, they took Leonard Fournette in like he was freaking OJ. It was an unpaid parking ticket, for God's sakes. A helicopter? Six police cars for an unpaid parking ticket? I mean, it, it's, like he had a, you know, it's like he had a pound of weed, a 15-year-old prostitute, and loaded AK-47s on the front seat of his car. It was an unpaid parking ticket, for God's sakes. Listen, the, th- the thin blue line, baby. You gotta 
you gotta gotta trust in them. I guess there's no reason to criticize. So and, and especially especially in Florida, because you know, I mean, the whole thing of you know, Ugh. Google Florida man and birthday for Christ's sakes. And uh, I mean, uh, ridiculous. I mean, yeah, you know, the guy lays down fifteen hundred dollars. The next thing you know, he's walking out, getting into a, you know, getting into a Tahoe, getting where he's got to be. My God, you want to talk about a whole bunch of BS for nothing? And granted, look, I mean, you got agent, you got people who take care of you. Somebody make sure the damn ticket is paid for, for God's sakes. Yeah, I mean, the whole thing just ends up being a way to try to embarrass him pub- publicly. But I think, obviously, they, you know, this should, anyway, uh, be more embarrassing for the, the, the police involved. But that usually doesn't stick. No, uh, that's definitely not the way that works here. All right, and we're cruising on along here. And apparently they're selling a beautiful um, USC helmet that's decorated in gems and stones or whatever and asking how much it costs. And obviously the Twitter world is having their way with that, as they rightfully should. How many um, wins is it worth? Because they could use some. Well, uh, Pete, I think everybody's going more of the it's worth three to four semesters or it's worth, you oh, know, there you go. It's, it's worth a, you know, a bachelor's degree. You know, when it's, I think that's where the fun of that is going. And this would be from, I can't read your app, but Rogers, what, oof, this is, well, uh, yeah, Pete, this is probably right up Pete's alley. He can nail this one for you. What would a bad draft look like for the Browns? Trading up in the second round for Simmons, we'd lose picks in the fifth-year option, certain positions targeted too early or too late. Yeah, Pete could probably put together, this actually should be, so, actually, Pete, you should take this question and write it. The, oh my God, I keep it, I don't want this Browns 2019 draft. Yeah, I I do have something resembling a soul, and I don't want to just sit here and crush these kids, but uh, yeah, like Trayvon Mullen is the nightmare scenario, it's the Deshaun Kaiser it's special. The, it's the wrong Clemson cornerback. Take the kid fields. At least he tries. Yeah, I mean, I don't want either one of them. I, I don't want. In fact, I don't think I want anything off that Clemson defense. Now that we're yeah, people all the keep, way through this. keep people keep asking about Trey Lamar and wondering why nobody mentions him. Well, I, I think if you get yeah. yanked off the field in the third quarter of the national championship, that's maybe all you need to know. Get replaced by a seventeen-year-old freshman, and then run like a five-flat. Um, yeah, uh, I mean, you know, it's not. You know, it's really players. It's not positions. I mean, because look, and when we did this, and you know, you you we did that that dueling mock draft thing. You didn't really hit needs with the first, you know, the second and what would be the third and fourth round picks. Um, you can find ways to address the needs like that. I'm not worried about. It. It's all about just addressing players. If you take well, especially players, like you know, like line. I mean, well, I mean, obviously, this is getting away from the question, but. You could probably draft linebackers in the fourth and fifth round to serve the purpose of what the Browns need. Should draft in day yes. three linebackers, but yeah, I mean, uh, it's you know if you if you're saying like, well, the Browns need secondary, and they drafted Zach Allen at forty nine. This is a bad pick. Well, it's not because they're getting a, 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 what I think is a good player. It's and the all, same thing with like, but it's strengthening strengthening the D line would aid the secondary. Right. Well, I mean, but it's the same thing with like. Austin Corbett last year, and I understand, like in the moment, and certainly that's not the pick I would have made. But if Austin Corbett is good this year, all the hand wringing over last year and taking this guy at thirty-three will disappear. Like if you get good players, nobody would care. My concern is just getting the good players because you certainly needs and all this stuff sounds very good in the short term, but ultimately you just want good players and. 
you know, we we can talk about how, you know, the draft needs to lay out a certain way. But when we get down to the draft, as always happens, like I want this guy, this guy, and this guy, and then they're on the clock, and it's just don't screw it up. Um, so, yeah, it's players. Tra- Tra- Trayvon, well, basically any Clemson defender bad other than like Christian Wilkins, and he's going to go probably 14th. Um, other than that, I mean, there are certainly players. I think Paris Campbell would be a bad pick in my view. Um, there are a lot of players that I don't think are very good. Because Paris uh, Campbell is still going to need so much refinement and development, and it, you don't take that for where he's going to get drafted. No, they have a lot of tailbacks and wing back. They don't need a wing back. Um, like, <laughs> like if you if you've got like taking, you've got Callaway. You've already got Callaway, so you've already done your you know running back to wide receiver transformation. Right, you don't need I mean, to go down like, that road again. You're saying, well, we need safety help. If you draft Deontay Thompson, you're drafting badly. I don't think that you know makes you better. I mean, it, so I, it's just entirely through the lens of get good players. Yeah, and yeah, that's it. Um, look, uh, I guess how would I describe it? Look, you know, they're not going to take two running backs. They're not going to take two wide receivers. Those those would be bad things. Um, let's let the draft play out, and we could maybe answer that one better. Because we could most certainly fire up Saturday night after day three is done, and and it, it could turn into a, a poor draft grade. It, it certainly could. But oh, I, they're undoubtedly going to take somebody I hate, and I'm going to tell you yeah, he's well, bad. And, and people well, are sure. going to tell me he's good, and then he's bad. Okay, but, and but look, and we'll take our good with our bad. Rod, and, Rod Johnson, Rod Johnson, franchise left tackle. Uh, you know, Caleb Brantley. Franchise defensive tackle. Oh, he's yes. gonna be a, he's just second round grade. Yes. Uh, no, they're the, bad. The DJing defensive line guy, whatever he is, because I, I don't even know. We still don't know what position it is. He is Pete, and it's almost a calendar year later. We still don't understand where Chad Thomas would fit in to a defensive line room. So there's still that going on. Sure, um, outside of it. <laughs> playing playing the the music for the three minutes while everybody walks in. He could be the hype man. There, oh, there you go. That's it. Maybe it. Maybe it. Coming to, uh, and by the way, South Beach coming to a nightclub near you right around Labor Day weekend. So be ready for it. Uh, our, let's see here. Oh, did we get to this one? No, we got down this one. Um, well, here we go. This isn't a bad one. Peter Wells. If the Browns are going to continue, Pete, with this puppy theme, who's the next guy? And I guess it's going to have to be once Baker and his wife tie the knot. There's going to be have to be the, the Baker puppy before the Baker baby, which, you know, well, maybe that'll start that trend, which is so funny. This is how young these guys are. Nobody's really talking about them, you know, about kids and things of that nature. It's all about them making the first step of adulthood of getting dogs. <laughs> yeah, um, Baker Mayfield's the natural one. Um, you know, other than that, I, I don't know. I mean, like, if, if they, they were to re-sign Danny Shelton, I would say him. He's got, like, a ton of them already. He's always up to, for adopting another one. Um, Good for you know, it may, maybe like a guy like Larry Ogunjobi, maybe a defensive line thing. I don't know. Oh, that that could be, that could kind of be your theme there, absolutely. And uh, you know, only question: who's going to watch all these dogs when these teams go on the road is going to be the question. But apparently, uh, Mrs. Schobert's kind of offering up her services, so there could be that. Uh, let's let's go here, Pete. Um, Positional group, offensively or defensively, since the process started to where we are now, what's maybe opened your eyes more 
at a positional group and what maybe essentially closed your eyes more at a positional group? Are you talking from a draft perspective or the Browns roster no. perspective? Well, I, you know what? Uh, take take it either way. Obviously, just let me know which way you're going to do it. Um, well, obviously, you know, we had talked wide receivers. That that kind of, That's just, I mean, yeah, would I still take one? Sure, but I don't see it now. But, as, but just as far as the draft itself, which is what position has opened your eyes more, what position has closed itself your eyes more? Uh... Open my eyes more. That's a good question. Uh, maybe linebacker has opened my eyes more. I, I, I would agree because yeah, I, 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 I still remember sitting down the and I had that those were the Sunday workouts after the combine, right? And with the two of us, we were just sitting here and we were just. I mean, these guys just seemed to get up there and run and jump in every drill they did in the field. It was just like wow. I mean, it was a lot. These guys are good. I mean, there's a lot of these guys, and it's funny because the guys we thought. We're going to actually be something where the guys we kind of ended up dismissing. I mean, it's, yeah, I mean, there's certainly a little bit of, some guys did well, a lot of guys got crossed off the list and found Coney, some replacements. Coney, Hodge. Yeah, uh, my dude from Wisconsin who, you know, bombed the athletic yeah, process. AJ Edwards. Yeah, yeah but then, AJ Edwards. Yep, but then guys like Ben Cur- uh, Ben Kerbin and then uh, obviously uh, the other guy, uh, uh, Tranquil, the other Notre Dame linebacker. You know, open some eyes, and you know. All right, so if it was linebacker that opened the eyes, what's what, what shut the eyes, Pete? <sighs> I would probably say corner. I'm trying to. I've got five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. I've got ten corner targets. Oh, that's it. Seems kind of low. Uh, it's not that the Browns don't need them. I just don't know if the draft has that many of them. Um, I you know this 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 class which looked like it was going to be unbelievable. Yep. Uh, when you had all those guys like Greedy Williams and DeAndre Baker and Byron Murphy and and all you know those are all going to be first round picks and it was going to be a question of how many of them were going to go in the top fifteen and here we are and uh, we're looking at a situation where we may not see a corner taken until the twenties. Uh, which so, se- which seems weird, I mean, because. You know the wide receiver position just—it just seems that everybody you know is trotting out three, four guys, and now this is a year you know. So obviously the demand on the position is going to be there, but you know the it's still the fact of the players got to match it. Right. I mean, look, there are great years for certain positions, and then there there are years that just don't hit it. And corner and running back are, are you know running back was not expected to be good this year, and it has lived up to that. Um, it's not very good. Receiver, you know, it 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 certainly it, look. There is no such thing as a bad receiver class. That remains to be true. But if you're tra- trying to get guys who are going to make a major impact right now, that's going to be a tougher sell. Uh, and and that that that's the position I think is sort of one to watch in the draft process because I don't know how many years uh, John Dorsey has gone through an entire draft and not taken a receiver. I'm betting it's very very few. It may be zero. Um, so he may find a guy on day three, day three early, um, you know, trying to get another, you know, lightning in a bottle type situation. Like Antonio Callaway can, if he can keep it straight, uh, continue to behave himself and, and, and keep ascending. That's certainly a big time, uh, acquisition. Meanwhile, if you, you, you may draft one just in case he can't, or, 
you know, for life after what I assume is going to be Richard Higgins' last season in Cleveland and those type of things, and okay. just continuing to add weapons well, for Baker be, Mayfield. Could be losing two wide receivers going into 20, but we won't. Well, we, we can we hope. Won't, we won't touch on that one tonight. We won't touch on that one tonight. So, you know, maybe in, you know, if there's a project you like and you want to give him some time, where at best he's maybe the fifth or sixth wide receiver this year, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's something to pursue in that pursue in that angle. Um, whoever put up, uh, whoever starting the nickname of Benny Snail, I'm coming for you. I'm coming for you. I'm coming for you. Leave my guy Benny alone. Everybody gets one or two a year where you say, you want to know what? I don't care or whatever. You put on the blinders. I don't know you. You know, the gif of uh, Bradley Cooper walking out of the grammar school in a hangover. I don't know you people. It's the weekend. I don't want to hear it on Benny Snail. The Benny Snail stuff can stop right now. Hey, he ran reasonably enough. He ran 4.66. That's not awful. Um, look, uh, he is not. That is not what he is. He is not a guy who is going to blow you away with anything physically, clearly. Um, but he is what he is, and that could be successful. Uh, you know, I don't know if Benny Snail is the worst nickname in the world. It might be applicable, but as long as he gets first downs and gets in the end zone, nobody will care. That works for me. That works for me. Um, all right, guys, I guess we pretty much put a bow on this one. Um, tomorrow night we're going to get back, and we'll get you from picks uh, 11 to 20 in the mock draft um start picking things up here as we go and get closer and closer obviously the 25th um you know the plan now as long as everything goes well um i've got my schedule blocked out so you know we'll figure we're going to probably you know throw you out maybe three 30 minute shows you know obviously you know me and peter will be watching everything as it goes down so you know maybe we'll record during picks six through ten so we'll get you a half hour you know we'll get you a 30 minute show you know quick break, get something to eat, you know, come back, carry you through the 20s, then carry you through, obviously, up until pick, you know, 32, and, you know, that this way, you know, if the Browns do trade back, I don't think the Browns are trading back in, if it is, it's going to be after the 20s, but that way, you will have a live reaction of it, that is the goal, as long as everything and the uh, six-month roller coaster that my life has been now for six months is starting to ease up, thank God. So, uh, as the mother-in-law now is progressing nicely from her surgery and obviously, you know, had, uh, the cancer treatments, the chemo, the surgery, um, looks, if the wife's going back to work Monday, that probably is a good sign that Graham's going home soon. So the mother-in-law will be out of here a little bit more normalcy in the Lloyd house after what has been a crazy and roller coaster six months. Um, guys, uh, look, this is, I'll continue to say, this is the fun part for me and Pete. Even though, you know, and I kind of agree, yeah, if the draft came a little bit sooner. But I, I, I do enjoy sometimes the drama and the suspense of it. And uh, and I do enjoy, Pete, that Monday before the draft week where it's, guess who screwed up in Indianapolis? That one, I, I, I still love that one every time. Um, it looks like official visits, I believe, Wednesday. This Wednesday is the last day. That is it. That is over. These kids get to go sp- relax, spend a little time with their family, their friends, before their entire worlds and everything changes and collides. So, uh, you know, that is you know where we're at with that. Um, as the wife texts away, blah, 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 blah. Okay, um, so we're going to put a bow on this here. And like I said, we'll get tomorrow back with uh, obviously 11 through 20 through the mock draft. Um, guys, read P's work over at NFL Spin Zone. Uh, make sure you're following as it's closing in closer and closer to 5,000 
So make sure you're following at underscore Pete Smith underscore uh, the Lockdown Browns Twitter account, guys. As always, we keep it a follow-back account. You guys are fantastic with that. I get a lot of great back and forth over there. So please keep that coming. Um, me personally, at Jeff underscore, uh, underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Um, this has been the daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. LGB on the LOB. Let's go Browns.